This week's episode of the Cynics on Disney podcast is brought to you by Nikki's Exotic Pet Boutique Hotel. Are you a Florida resident who purchased a hippopotamus to help eradicate a nasty gator infestation? Are you taking advantage of Disney's Florida resident passes this spring? Well, don't forget to pack that pachyderm on your next trip. Nikki's is home to Florida's only registered pet hippo training facility called the Hippocampus. Not only will he return responsive to your commands, he'll come home happier because he's no longer in denial. Please note, Nikki's Exotic Pet Boutique Hotel is not affiliated with Nikki's Exotic Drive Through Safari located right next door. Cynics on Disney Podcast contains adult language. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Cynics on Disney Podcast, presented by Nightclub33.com. Welcome into the Cynics on Disney podcast. I am your host, Bobby, a.k.a. the Disney Cynic. Unfortunately, my uh, usual co-host is uh, unavailable today because of non-COVID, thankfully, uh, related illness. Uh, she'll be back up on her feet here any day, but we have a deadline that we need to get this out by, so I went ahead and proceeded on my own, which, left to my own devices, is probably one of the most terrifying things in the world for Steve, uh, the guy who uh, owns and operates Not Club 33 and produces this podcast. So I'll go ahead and say on the front end, uh, if you're terrified of this episode, you can just go ahead and chuck it. Uh, but in the meantime, um, I wanted to talk a little bit here and, and kind of go off the monorail, if you will, um, regarding the 50th anniversary at Disney. As you guys know, the 50th anniversary starts October 1st of this year, uh, and apparently the celebration of that 50th anniversary will be exactly 18 months, lasting until specifically April 1st of 2023, Uh, and good on them. I don't think that there's really a need to celebrate a 50th anniversary for a year and a half that's entering year 52 at that point. Uh, seems kind of silly and superfluous to me personally, but, um, you know, more power to them. I remember going to the Magic Kingdom uh, when I was about 10 years old, uh, I guess, uh, and it was 1996, and it was the celebration of the 25th anniversary. Now, the 90s were a different creature, let's be real. Everybody was wearing starter jackets, and neon colors were absolutely the fashion trend. They, they made a comeback here a couple of years ago. I remember seeing some golf attire that that was decked out in bright neon, uh, and I, I indulged and bought a shirt or two. But um, in the 90s, uh, they decided, Disney did, to take the... Cinderella's Castle and make it into a birthday cake. And not just any birthday cake, um, a disgusting pink, purple looking birthday cake. And I guess that that's one way to, to go about celebrating your, your 25th anniversary. But um, I, I would have gone with a, a different color. I would have gone with a different um, theme person, personally than a, than a birthday cake. For the, for the castle, uh, seemed a little tacky at the time. But that was really the last time that Disney went all out to, to celebrate any sort of anniversary. You look at Disneyland and their 50th and 60th, 
um, there, there was some merchandise. There was a celebration uh, and, and so forth. Um, a lot of people were very satisfied with, with all of that. But um, turns out that, no, uh, you know, it wasn't a huge deal uh, being made at, at the actual part. Consequently, uh, for the 40th and I think the 45th anniversary of, of Disney World, um, they, they noted the day. They, they had a little presentation. And I, I think the banner got stuck. It didn't quite unfurl all the way on one of those occasions. I, I, I could be mistaken. Uh, but somebody, um, I'm sure, will look this up. Um, but, but the point overall is, is that Disney has not done a full-on celebration ever since the 25th anniversary of, of Disney World. And that's probably a little bit for the best in, in, in my mind. Um, it seems to me that they're, they're trying to show some sort of fortitude, if you will, uh, and, and various decorations, various plans are being made for the 50th. But I, I want to talk a little bit about some of the expectations for that, because quite frankly, Disney's pretty good about letting everybody know what's coming. They, they don't really have a spoiler alert policy when it comes to anything but an actual ride experience in and of itself. Um, they let you know on the front end that they're going to be doing X, Y, Z, and it's going to taste delicious. And it's going to be you know, this many minutes long or, you know, so on and so forth. And there has been little to no news regarding the 50th anniversary. Now, part of that absolutely has to be um, COVID-related. I'm sure that they came up with some plans, and I'm sure that having a pandemic uh, occurred during their 50th anniversary threw a pretty damn big wrench into the cog of those plans. Uh, and that sucks uh, for, for Disney fans and probably for Disney uh, as well. Um, but there's a lot of other stuff that doesn't require uh, there to be a huge fan gathering, if you will, for you to be able to celebrate. So those kinds of things, such as, you know, the castle getting a, a, a redux, if you will. Um, that's one that, that's already started. Uh, and they, they've claimed a color, I suppose you could call it, for this 50th anniversary. And that is iridescent, uh, which is basically a combination of silver and purple. Um, you look at the Epcot ball at night, that's to me, is what iridescent essentially means. So, so far, they will deck out the, the Cinderella's Castle. They will deck out the Hollywood Tower Hotel. Um, they don't have to do anything to, to the Epcot uh, icon of Spaceship Earth. Uh, but they'll also be lighting up the Tree of Life in a iridescent-type color. They also will be dressing Mickey and Minnie up in what appears to be the tackiest tuxedo I have ever seen in my entire life. Um, if you watch that, if you watch Back to the Future Part Two, and you take a look at Marty's hat from from that movie, imagine a tuxedo made entirely out of that material. It just it looks awful. 
And it, it also looks like something that I might want to own one day in the 2070s uh, when we're all wearing aluminum foil type spacesuits. Uh, because by then the Jetsons will have come to fruition. The, maybe then that'll, that'll be popular, but to, to me right now in 2021, nah, that's 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 not the, the right style. You got to go classic there and go, uh, you know, black and white. As far as I'm concerned, now Minnie doesn't look terrible in her iridescent dress, but um, that you you would expect a little bit more fashion sense from uh, from the woman of the couple. Than he would out of Mickey, uh, and I, as a married man myself, I, we, my wife and I have tried to to match on occasion, but usually that's in the uh, the presence of the tie or some, something along those lines. It's not, you know, my suit is never going to be the same color as her dress, no matter what the, the the occasion. The closest thing that we got to that was our actual wedding day. And that was when our, the bridesmaid's dress uh, sort of kind of matched uh, the, the same shimmeriness as the vests that my groomsmen and I were wearing. Um, but the suit in and of itself was not that color. So I, I don't really understand the need to, to dress Mickey up in this fashion. He looks absolutely ridiculous. Um, we also know that we are going to be getting a couple of new attractions uh, that will have opened in time for the 50th anniversary. Uh, one of them is Ratatouille. Uh, I believe that the other one is going to be Guardians of the Galaxy, but what won't be open is Tron. Uh, that's okay, as far as I'm concerned, because, you know, Tron is... In terms of intellectual property that Disney owns and they've transformed into a ride, Tron's kind of the shittiest one that's out there. I, I mean, I remember watching the movie, the, the original, when I, I was a kid and then later as an adult and thinking, man, this is the kitschiest thing that I have ever seen in my entire life. Now, in 1982, obviously, that was an entirely different thing. It was the, the most groundbreaking that those computer graphics had ever uh, come up with. And then, of course, Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan came out, and they showed a planet being built from scratch, and, well, that to me put to shame the little motorbike chase that those guys go through. So that, that's just a per personal opinion, I, I suppose. Uh, but nonetheless, those became outdated very quickly. And then in... The 90s, when they made Terminator 2, that's when CGI was perfected, apparently. And it's never been made better since, I might add. The, the TX model that, that turns into a, a liquid metal is still by far the best uh, CGI I have ever seen in my entire life. And it will never get any better than that uh, in terms of practical and CGI effects. Because they were still reliant on practical effects for the most part. They just had this one little itty-bitty sliver of CGI. So, anyway, getting back onto the monorail of, of, of Tron, um, it, it, the sequel was a bust. They, they made a sequel because it kind of had a comeback moment there, I guess, and they wanted to show off all the new technologies, like digitally de-aging people, and that was terrible at the time when when Tron Legacy came out. Um, 
it didn't have what I would call a good plot. In fact, I, I would say that it kind of ripped off Iron Eagle, but Iron Eagle was better. And if you don't know what Iron Eagle is, it's a... It is the 80s movie of all 80s movies. I mean, go go search that on, on your Apple TV and rent that and sit yourself down and get ready for just a 80s cringeworthy fest. Um, all you really need to know is that it's the movie that uh, that Johnny from Cobra Kai is obsessed with uh, as an adult. And if you've watched Cobra Kai, you, you know exactly why that should be cringeworthy in and of itself. Uh, but nonetheless, I own it on Apple TV, and I, I define that as one of my greater purchases, especially over the last year. Um, there doesn't really seem to have been anything else announced, which to me means one of two things. Either one, you're going to have to lower all of those expectations because it's a pandemic. There's still social distancing. There's still masks. There's going to be vaccines, but that doesn't mean that Disney is going to to lift their mask requirements and their uh, capacity uh, limits anytime soon. So no matter what Governor DeSantis in here, here in Florida does regard, regarding a mask rule, um, he can't force a company to, to tell its customers not to wear a face mask. Um, nor can he effectively tell them, no, you cannot uh, lower your own business model. Uh, you have to serve the maximum amount of customers all the time. If that was a mandate by government, then A, what's the point of capitalism? And B, um, that's actually, that's just anti, um, that's anti everything that I stand for. So, you know, I would be pretty, I'd be pretty, I'd be pretty upset at that kind of a notion. Um, I don't like any sort of government bully bossing around any sort of business, even if it is the big bad wolf of Disney. Um, so you got to temper those expectations for, for, for one thing. On the flip side of the coin, they could be holding back on us and not revealing the biggest of big announcements until the very day that the celebration goes off on October 1st this year. And if that's the case, kudos to them. I'd expect that there would be some sort of rumbling on the disboards or I, somewhere online. Whatever you do, don't trust WDW News Today. Though that's a, that's a trash website that inserts breaking into every tweet and makes you think that everything is important, and it's not. And God, I hate them for, for, for trying to reframe everything into big news. It's, it's not. They, they, they literally reported on, like, construction prog- progressing uh, to the point, like, breaking new washers and bolts were installed at, at the Tron uh, uh, light cycle coaster. I mean, 
that's that's the kind of bullshit that they they will report on. But th- there's going to be some rumblings late in the game if, in fact, there's going to be any sort of big announcement. Um, but I wouldn't expect it. And I, I don't think you should be setting yourself up to expect it either. And the, the reason is... Um, I mean, it's mostly because of the pandemic, but also the last few anniversaries that have come to pass have not been celebrated big. The, like I said, the, the, at the start of this, the last big one that was celebrated in a major way was the 25th anniversary in 96. And since then, we've had to go through, oh, I don't know, um, you know, 9-11, a housing market crash, um, the Obama administration, the Trump administration, uh, and, you know, a pandemic that is affecting us globally. Th- things have changed a great deal in the last 25 years. Um, somehow Will Smith is still making movies, which is good because, you know, Independence Day is still one of the coolest movies from 1996. Uh, but the sequel was terrible. So not everything that's come out since then uh, automatically makes it better. And whenever you're trying to do a sequel or do a follow-up to, to something, that doesn't automatically make things better. So even if they were announcing big-time major stuff at the parks, I, I would still temper those expectations to be pretty low because there's a line from the movie Dodgeball. And it's something that it's said as a joke, but I think people should start to take it more as a life philosophy as we we kind of move through here. Um, always set yourself up with the lowest possible expectations. That way, you can be never dissatisfied. And I, I think that people need to start doing that. Just especially when it comes to their vacation experience. With Disney, and maybe this is—I'm part of the problem. I'll admit it. I, I have super high expectations when it comes to a Disney vacation, and it's part of the reason why I've become rather cynical about all of these trips that I go on. I expect the Disney vacation to be perfect. I expect it to be perfect because that's what they sell. I—I I, I expect the Holiday Inn down the street to have an issue with the door lock. I did not expect Disney Saratoga Springs to have an issue with their door lock. And because of that, because because it's at Disney, oh boy, is that cynical. I, I expect the power outage to affect things here and there at other hotels or any other part of my life. God knows how many times the power has gone out when, when I'm at work um, or even at school or, you know, at home, it's happened plenty of times. I don't expect it to go out at Disney. I expect there to be a quadruple backup generator that's fueled by rainbows and unicorns that keeps the, the magic and the wishes alive. And that's just not practical for anybody to, to think. And yet, sure enough, when my wife and I were on our engagement trip and the power went out, yeah, it absolutely affected me. And it made me question the whole Disney experience because in my mind, it's always supposed to be perfect. And that was the birth of, or that was the conception, really, of the, of the Disney Cynic. 
Now, Disney made up for it uh, that day, as a matter of fact. Uh, we checked out of the Port Orleans French Quarter uh, and checked into uh, Old Key West uh, because my parents gave us uh, a gift of one extra night uh, down there. Uh, they gave us a studio over at Old Key West. The front desk attendant, of course, asked how we were doing, and I said, terrible. Then I explained the situation, and she said, well, that's just not good. Uh, let me see what I can do for you. And she upgraded us to a one-bedroom room uh, that was overlooking the island hole of the Lake Buena Vista golf course. Um, it was in the original show building uh, for DVC, which means that everything in there was bigger than every other room on the resort. Um, that includes like the hallways, that includes the bathrooms and the shower and uh, the bedroom. Everything was just like one or two extra square feet larger. Uh, so that they would make a great impression on future potential customers when they showed off these rooms. Um, so we had one of the biggest one bedrooms that may have ever been, if, if there ever was something bigger. Um, on top of that, they sent over a bottle of, of wine for us to enjoy. Um, and it was just a, that was a lovely experience. So it's not all bad when it comes to Disney. And usually they, they can make some things up if they, if they screw something up. Um, Saratoga Springs couldn't because I, I wasn't staying that, there for more than a day. Uh, and they couldn't give away a fast pass because I wasn't going to the park and fast pass wasn't even an option. So, you know, usually they, they have some sort of means to, to make you feel a little bit better about the situation. And that, uh, that just wasn't to be the last actual stay on Disney property for me. Um, but at the same time, I have started to lower all of my expectations for a park experience. I haven't been to a park since October of 2020. And part of the reason why I wanted to make sure that I did a podcast this week uh, is because I wanted to preview what's to come. We are actually going to be going into a park this week. We're, Steve from Not Club 33 is coming down with his wife and kid. Um, they're going to enjoy a, a day uh, to themselves, and then we're going to meet up with them and go hang out at Epcot for a day. And part of that is we're going to ride a couple of attractions together. I'm sure that if you guys are, have paid attention to the Notcast, uh, there's going to be one in particular that you guys will want to keep an eye out for that we're going to have some video of. Um, but I, I, at the same time, I have to lower those expectations again. Because I'm walking into a festival, and I'm walking into an allergy festival, I, I might add. So I'm going to have to take some Benadryl ahead of time just to make sure that I'm not sneezing underneath that fucking face mask all the time. Hopefully the face mask will actually work out to my benefit and prevent some of that pollen from getting up my nose. That's what I'm hoping for anyway. Um, but capacities have not risen, or capacity percentages, as I should say, have not risen. And yet... You know, all anecdotal evidence suggests that the crowds at the parks are getting bigger and bigger. 
which means that they're probably basing those capacity percentages on something like New Year's Day or Christmas Day or, well, you know, one of those big time max, uh, maximum capacity days instead of the average days. Uh, and if that's the case, say that they could let 100,000 people into the Magic Kingdom, uh, well, that would mean that 35,000 people would be allowed in on any given day. Now, at the start of the pandemic, there, you, couldn't, you couldn't give people money to get 35,000 uh, people into one place. And that has significantly changed. If you go over to Disney Springs right now, it is shoulder to shoulder. There is no social distancing, especially at night. And, you know, there's no, there's absolutely none uh, of the the mask uh, Nazis that are out there uh, at the, the front of the parks um, over at Disney Springs outside of when you first walk in. So, when it comes down to it, um, Disney Springs is probably the, the, <laughs> the kind of the super spreader uh, location, but that also, I'm just saying that that means that I've got to get used to the idea of being around a lot of people again. So there could be, you know, 40 or 50,000 people at Epcot, and that could be a pretty busy day any given Tuesday uh, during kind of the quote-unquote down season. But, you know, that would still feel pretty high capacity, especially because they don't have the same workforce that's out there. They're not running the rides at the same uh, pace as they they could, theoretically, uh, that's out there. So all those things lead to longer wait times and lead to longer overall experiences. And so I've got to readjust my, my park expectations as a result. Um, that That's all to say... I cannot wait for the next several podcasts to come. Specifically, I cannot wait to talk to some of our friends about those experiences. Um, you know, we had a couple uh, who we're good friends with here in Orlando uh, go to the Flower and Garden Festival. Uh, and we want to talk to them uh, about the, the festival, what they thought of it. Um, since they're locals, they're used to going to these festivals now, and um, I want to talk to them about the difference between this and food and wine. Is literally the only difference between this and food and wine going to be the, you know, amount of flora that's, that's in my vicinity. And if that's it, I'm going to be kind of bummed to a degree, because you know what? I wasn't overly impressed with uh, the food and wine proceedings last year, but I want to talk about it. Um, I also want to talk about attractions for the first time on this podcast because, don't get me wrong, I, I've had fun, uh, you know, kind of nitpicking some of the smaller things that are out there. Uh, I've had fun uh, at the expense of, of Guy Fieri and, and Flavor Town and all and Chicken Guy and all that stuff. I've also had fun kind of exposing some of you guys to a, a maybe a little niche corner that you hadn't necessarily thought of before with the tea and spice exchange. Um, 
I'm also glad that I've gotten to review something like the Gideons without actually having to go to the the actual physical location so that I can, you know, tell you if it's worth it to stand in line for one of these stupid cookies. I've had a great time uh, discovering some of the smaller, finer points at Disney, but let's be real. Nobody goes to Disney World for that. And if you are going to Disney World for that, cool. That that means that you're like me and you've been a thousand times and you know that that's that's awesome that that you found that niche. Most people are going to Disney for the rides and for the park experiences. So we're going to cram as much as we humanly can into our day at Epcot. And we're we're going to bite the bullet. We're going to get the 4-day pass. And we're going to do as much as we possibly can, fitting in everything possible into those four days. Hopefully by then, there will be an announcement regarding annual passes. And I'm, I'm really I'm bullish on, on those coming back and coming back fairly soon. Especially with more vaccines being distributed, and especially with the vaccination rate, uh, you know, getting to the point where supposedly they will have manufactured enough for every man, woman, and child who wants one uh, to be available sometime by the end of May. That's a report that that I've read. Um, If that's the case, I think that those are going to come back. And, you know, when they do, I'm sure there will be a price increase. I'm sure uh, that it will look a little different. Uh, and I'm also sure that FastPass will come back, and that will also look a little different as well. But ultimately, I'm, I'm bullish on some of those things that we as Disney fans have been begging for uh, to be back and to and hopefully to, to be here fairly soon. Um, and I'm excited because we finally get to go and talk about something other than the stuff that you can quote-unquote do for free, like go to a shop at Disney Springs, uh, or, you know, that's cheap, that you can, you know, do, uh, that, listen, nothing against Flavortown and Chicken Guy, but you can do that anywhere USA. I want to start talking about the stuff that you can only really do at Disney World, uh, and that's what I'm thrilled, uh, to be able to come back with, so, Look forward to us being able to finally review some attractions that are out there. We're going to start with Epcot, uh, so you'll be seeing that come across your feed here in the very near future. Um, In the meantime, guys, thank you so much for listening and putting up with me and my BS uh, over the course of the last 30 minutes. Um, If there's anything that you guys want us to review, please make sure that you drop us a line on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, anything and everything that's social media, we are on there and we are at Cynical Disney. Um, we, also, we also would appreciate it if you guys would subscribe to the podcast, rate it, review it. Um, let us know what you think uh, of this thing. If you hate my gravelly, monotone voice, if you think that my jokes are too crappy, well, you know what? Feel free to let me know that. Um, I'm going to start reading some of the the reviews uh, that are out there. 
Um, so feel free to – I've already read them, I should say. I'm going to start reading them aloud on the podcast. So if you want your name and your, your review read, feel free to, uh, to put it on there on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you are getting and consuming this podcast, please leave us uh, a, a rating and a review. We'd really, really appreciate it. Also, make sure that you are checking out the Notcast, which is available on usually every Friday at 4 o'clock on YouTube. It's a culmination of the four main uh, folks over at Not Club 33, which includes Steve Rhodes, uh, Pat Neistat, myself, and Becky Wells. Uh, We usually have a pretty interesting discussion as to favorite this or what we think of of this uh, recently we we did one on the potential for marvel at disney and that one did fairly well we also did one recently about the uh the worst hotels at disney world by by category uh and that one did a, a bang up job so um, make sure that you're checking out that and leave us comments and, uh, and everything on YouTube as well. Make sure that you're checking out the website, notclub33.com. Uh, we still post up there or do, we're focusing more on the video and the audio content a lot more these days, but we still do post articles up there uh, about Disney news and such, getting you ready for your next vacation. So make sure that you're uh, checking us out everywhere and in I guess until the next time, guys, make sure that you have yourself a magical fucking day.